Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. Young Entertainment Professionals. Work hard, be good to people, and take every chance and opportunity and play gigs. Like, just get out there and go because you never know what's going to happen. Letting everything happen naturally is the easiest way. It's how I've developed almost all of my relationships. The biggest moments in my career have happened from very unlikely situations. When we first got here, there was really nothing to do after work, and there was nothing to do that connected people. All that started because of, yeah. Your work ethic and you just being good at whatever it is you do will take care of the rest. You're listening to the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast. In this series, we sit down with the people cultivating the entertainment industry and the influence Yep has had on their music industry community. I'm your host, Libby Olerich, and today we have two guests with us. One of Yep's founders, Lee Crable, who was also the Senior Creative Director at Smack Songs. And joining him is Ryan Beaver, who is a country singer-songwriter signed to Smack Songs and BMI. Lee and Ryan have known each other for quite a while, and in this episode, they share their perspectives on industry relationships and how to let opportunities happen naturally rather than trying to force success and career milestones to unfold. This is a great episode to listen to in terms of hearing how a publisher-writer relationship works, what to look for when working towards a pub deal, and a whole lot more. Now to our Yep! podcast interview with Lee and Ryan. Guys, welcome to the Yep! podcast. Hello. Thank you. You excited? Very much so. Are you more excited about this than tomorrow's Bahamas trip? Yes. Um, equal. Equal excited. Good. Good. I love that. Can you each tell a story of how you met, and then I'll guess which one's right? Okay. Go ahead, Lee. Tinder. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, no, I was ki- I'm kidding. Uh, well, I was. I worked front desk at, at Seagale. Yeah. Um, 2009 to 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan would visit every once in a while from Texas to write with some of the writers there. I think he had written with Brian Simpson and Don Sampson. And um, when I moved over to Hori Pro to be a song plugger, they said I could sign somebody. And uh, within my first couple of months there, Wade Bowen, one of the old writers at Seagale, had texted me about Ryan mm-hmm. and uh, said that I should meet with him. So we just started hanging out more. What about him? Made you sign... Ryan. Um, the song How About You. That's Love the, it. Yeah. Ryan, can you tell the story about that song? Yeah, sure. Um, so my friend Ben Danaher and I wrote that together. Awesome. Uh, in my apartment in Austin, Texas at the time. And it was a just it was a it was a great day. We got together. I didn't do a lot of co writing. I don't think Ben did it either. Mm-hmm. We got together and wrote that song and then I put it on a project that I recorded in two thousand and eleven, something like that. Um, and then both of those, uh, records, I believe ended up with Lee and he heard it, but I didn't know that one song. That's yeah. all it was. Mm. Yeah. Just the one, I guess. The one song. I had other songs, but. That one. That one. <laughs> all it takes is one song. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, um, when did you both move to Nashville? I moved here June the 3rd, 2013. Mm. I remember that very well because it was terrifying. And I was like pulling into town in my U-Haul, crossing the Tennessee River, wondering if I had made the right decision. So um, now I'm coming up on being here six years, and I love Nashville, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. And so that's how I remember that. What about you, Lee? I moved here in 2006. Okay. To go to Belmont. Nice. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. You were Beepo. I was. Heard that through the grapevine. Yeah. Belmont yeah. Security, almost seven years. How was that? that? 
How was that journey? It was pretty easy. I just worked weekends part time. Mm-hmm. What? When did you? When did you get into the music industry? Um, well, I had internships and I had like a little part time side gig with uh, the band Little Big Town. Uh, my first internship was at a place called RLM Mission Management, and Little Big Town was one of the clients. And I ended up kind of befriending them through that internship. And throughout college, I kind of did some odd jobs for them and helped them out during events and mm. picked up dry cleaning and house set, dog set, stuff like that. Um, but my first real full-time job was in 2009 at Seagale. When um, did you know that like publishing was the area of the industry that you wanted um, to go into? Before I moved here, I'd bought a book that had like all the careers that you could do in the music industry. And I read that and mm-hmm. I saw music publishing and I kind of had the idea that that's what I wanted to do. But when I went to Belmont, I made it a, a point to try a record label of management and publishing. And that's what I did. And I realized that I liked publishing the best. Um, what? So for those industry professionals that want to get into publishing mm-hmm. um, and don't really know what kind of personality you should have or what kind of work ethic, can you talk about that in, in your experience? Uh, my experience, it's uh, it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of odd hours. Uh, you got to go to a lot of shows and you got to be active and make sure that you're in front of people a lot. Um, a lot of the success that I have had has been by going to Key West or Vegas and hanging out with people and developing a relationship with them or just going to Red Door, or going to Winners, going to a show. Um, a lot of my relationships in this business kind of start from those mm. situations. So it's, uh, it's a lot of going out, it's a lot of hours, but it's mm-hmm. it's all worth it in the end, I'd imagine. For sure. Yep. Was obviously a part of that. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew Cohen, a guy I went to college with at Belmont. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was on this podcast. He was on this podcast. Yeah, Been he was. my friend for almost 12 years, I guess, now. Love it. 11, 12 years, so, yeah. And then, how did you get involved with Yep? You played um, a Rewind show or two, right? Yeah, I just kind of asked, you know, through um, knowing people in town. I, I'm not sure if I played one of those before I moved or after I moved. But, um, you know, I met people like Andrew Cohen, um, who was from Texas. We went to the same school for a little while before he transferred up here to Belmont. And Mark Rucker, and then knowing Lee and just trying to get in front of people, I'm sure I played several of those at this point, I feel like. Yeah. So songwriting. Um, Talk about your inspirations what what led you to, to pursue that? I grew up in a house full of music, um, like a lot of people, I'm sure. And my dad had a great record collection, and my mom played piano. Oh, nice. And a, a bunch of that music was singer-songwriters. So I really took a shine to some of the early guys I heard, guys and girls. Um, so it was like Jackson Brown and John Prine, Bob Dylan. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, George Strait. You know, I mean, being in from Texas, you got a heavy dose of uh, country music, mm-hmm. whether you liked it or not. But then the songwriters, I sort of, you know, always found them a little more interesting and their, you know, their crafting of a song. So I think that um, a lot of that growing up, being around music, I felt like I had a connection with it and that right. led to you know, learning instruments and being in bands and finally realizing if I wanted to do anything, I needed to write the song. And then there was no one to record it or sing it if I didn't go out and sing it. So then I got behind the guitar and mic and went out and started doing it and really enjoyed it. And then one thing led to another and I was in a van and in a band and years and years of traveling, playing shows and um, 
every different situation possible, trying to learn from every gig and playing and, you know, just, I can't even, I can't even count at this point. But the writing element of it was always something that, you know, I really, truly enjoyed and wanted to get better at. So the Texas music scene, was like that ever part of your journey or was Absolutely. Were you always focused on Nashville being your end? No, you know, to be honest, we had this great music scene and there were people out there hustling, you know, their own music and there were fans buying it. And I saw it as an opportunity to go out and get my feet wet. I was very green, you know, had no idea what I was doing. And that uh, that scene allows people to come in and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's <clears throat> a lot of it is just a hustle mentality. So I kind of played uh, with a lot of those guys, uh, toured with them, played festivals. We all... It's very, you know, family-oriented, so a lot of the people, you know, ended up knowing each other and hanging out when you're not on the road or you're not playing shows and then becoming fans of each other's music, which in my circumstance, a good friend, Wade Bowen, was kind enough to sort of pass my music along to people here in town. And, you know, over the years, I kind of knew well, about that. He still Nash. does that. He still yeah, yeah. To this, to this <laughs> day, he still is like, you need to check this person out or have you heard this? Mm-hmm. We'll text all the time. Have you heard this tune or that tune? And, you know, uh, that scene is so, is so amazing. Um, and, and it's in its own, it has its own world. It has its own way about it. Um, but Nashville, I felt like had a different infrastructure. It was a little bit um, different how it, you know, how it ran I saw it as more of a challenge uh, for me I had hit a point in my touring uh, career where I was ready to be challenged again as a singer player writer I saw that here in town so ultimately I sort of packed up and moved here so uh, yeah so how did y'all end up working again at smack so like what was the in-between time mm-hmm. there we- uh, I, I left Tory Pro in 2004 16? Yeah, 2016. I left. I was. I went to from Seagull to Hori Pro Entertainment Group, which is a company that's based out of Japan. It's had a Nashville office here for almost 30 years, I imagine. And um, I worked with Ryan that entire time through Hori Pro. Moved over to Smack. I was at Smack for about a year, and uh, Ryan was looking for a publishing deal. And um, Shane, he actually randomly at a was it Ten Pan South. Nice. Yeah. Randomly was added to a show with Walker Hayes, and Shane was at that show. And saw Ryan it. perform and said, hey, we need to talk about Ryan tomorrow. And so we talked about it and said, call him and see what he wants. That's so amazing. That's how I didn't know Tim Penzoth was involved. Mm-hmm. It was very much involved. And to be honest, that story is a great story and one I love to tell. Um, I've played hundreds and hundreds of shows. And moving to town, I've written a ton of songs. And at times you get tired, you get overworked, you get a, jaded and... I got asked to do that 10-pan round. I had been a part of 10-pan for a couple of years at this mm-hmm. point, but I was in between deals and trying to figure out what I needed to do and and was meeting with a lot of great people in town and publishers. There are a lot of people in this town who were wanting to work with me, and I still hold them in high regard, but it, something in me just didn't feel like I had found the match, the, the, the place. And, I'd you know, I'd worked with Lee for four years, and at this point I think we hadn't worked together for seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing shows and hustling a record that I had uh, made called RX. And 
uh, I got asked to to do the ten pan round, and I was having to travel the next day. I was on a first flight out to another gig, and I really didn't want to do it. Um, I have I'll be completely honest. I just said, you know, I'm really busy. I have to leave early in the morning. I can't do it. My friend uh, Matt McGinn called me back and said, Hey, can you just play? It's me and Walker, and 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 we need you on this. And I said, Man, I can't. I'm telling you, I'm just I've said yes to too much. And he said, Okay. And then a week week goes by and I think it's probably a couple days before the gig at this point he called me again a third time and was like I will buy you beers just come play three four five songs wait I think I think during that round people kept buying you all beers it's I remember very possible that. there it's were there's just one that like kept walking up to this stage and leaving I mean it's, beers it's at the, very yeah. possible and yeah I'd had some I've had some I've been a part of some amazing tin pan rounds. Mm -hmm. Like I can't wait to be able to talk about this, you know, looking back, but this particular phone call, the third time him asking me, it just hit me like hard that, uh, I moved to town to play music and I moved to town to write songs and I moved to town to be in the, in the, in the middle of it and doing it. And I, I was frankly like man 16 year old you would kick your ass right now for saying no to this and so i did the gig and then i, I had no idea but that night shane had come out and heard a couple songs and it led to a conversation between lee and shane uh and then ultimately to me joining the smack family where i am now so it was you know when people ask you for advice you really don't know what to say other than work hard be good to people and take every chance and opportunity and play gigs. Like, just get out there and go because you never know what's going to happen. Some mm -hmm. of my, the biggest moments in my career have happened from very unlikely situations. So that's what I, you know, can can tell them. Put it on a coaster. Yeah. That's a coaster yeah. quote. Yeah. Can you, I mean, what elements of a publishing company, like, were you looking for? I mean, what would you recommend to songwriters who are trying to look for a publishing deal, whether or not they should Sure. I would say, um, this is only for me. The first deal is a very big deal and you should take, um, the opportunity that feels right with a person that is your champion mm -hmm. or a company that they feel like they're, they're going to get behind you and you should work your tail off. You should write hundreds and hundreds of songs and you should just be grateful and, you know, learn. Um, maybe when it comes to the second or third deal, you're going to be a little more focused at this point. You're going to probably have a better understanding about who you are as a writer, who you want to be. Right. Uh, you're going to have a little bit of a crew, people you write well with. Uh, you're going to know what you've done that's worked, what you, ha you know, haven't done, maybe that you want to do. So um, I think you can be a little pickier, maybe, is the word there. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're, in, you know, but, you know, you could also be too picky and not have an opportunity out there. I mean, I think, I think you sort of have to, I think for me, it was always a gut heart thing. Mm -hmm. if, if I sort of always go with the gut, whatever feels right. Uh, for me in this, uh, this deal, it was an opportunity to work with Lee again, who had been my song plugger, like you said, at Hori Pro for four years. And I, I knew that was going to be icing on the cake because, you know, he knew how I worked and I knew how he worked. And I think we had a little bit of a, you know, rapport, a, a great rapport. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's so circumstantial. So I would say just depending on where you are in your career, you know, 
it depends. Find your uh, your cheerleader. Find somebody who's as passionate yeah. about your mm-hmm. stuff as you are. You know, you're you your champion. Speak more to that from a publisher standpoint. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's you're gonna have if somebody's if you got a lot of deals on the table, if you got a lot of opportunities in front of you. Um, you want to find the person that's gonna go talk to Shane McAnally about that writer, like mm-hmm. Courtney Christ, who I used to work with, is a fantastic song champion, and she'll go up to anybody at any time to talk about Sarah Turner or Mike Walker or who, whoever she's working with at the time and, you know, just beat down the door for them to make it work because she's just as passionate about their music as the writers are. And I, um, it's finding somebody like that to, to go out there and do that legwork for you. And for the industry professionals, those that want to get in, on the business side, any kind of advice you can offer in terms of like the internship period, you know, how to maintain those relationships, what you should learn, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's all when you get an internship, it's doing the small things that matter. It's, right. You know, don't try to um, do the things that we don't expect you to do. We don't expect you to set up a co-write. We don't expect you to pitch a song. We don't, you know, we have people to do that. We want you to do the small things. That's how I'm going to remember you. If um, if the refrigerator is always full, if the writers are always taken care of, that's what we want those internships for. And if you're not taking, if you're missing out on that part, if you're not taking care of the writers and you're trying to do this other thing, then I'm not going to probably like what you're doing as an intern so um but you know do the do the best internship you can again it's kind of finding the company where you're going to be able to do the most and learn the most mm-hmm. i don't think you should go find the biggest company or the company that's willing to pay you um it's find the company that's going to let you do the most and learn the most um is there something that you learned from one of your internships that you can remember um, um absolutely just i interned for uh Sarah Johnson, Sarah Canavy is her name now. She's a and Broken Bow. Um, I was at a company called Bug Music. Um, and I kind of just got to see how a publisher worked. And she was nice enough to, to take me to meetings, to let me go through catalogs and say, why pick five songs, why are their favorites, and why do you think that they should be pitched? Or I'm going to pitch songs to Martina McBride. Which ones should I bring? She would always do stuff like that. And just get to see how a publishing office works, get to see what the writers do, what times they show up. The writers at the time were Kendall Marvel and um, Randy Hauser mm-hmm. and just people like that. So it was really cool just to be around those kind of songwriters and just the everyday aspect of a publishing company. My my role at the time was kind of to submit lyrics. Yeah. That's all I did. And I was at the front desk, so I got people water and coffee and I submitted lyrics. So you got to do both small and mm-hmm. the somewhat large job. So I got pretty good at typing lyrics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about booking a co-write for you? Have you ever booked two writers together that like you weren't sure if it was gonna like work, and then it ended up like all the time? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I fought pretty hard. I have friends with a guy named Jeremy Spillman, and I asked him multiple times to see if he write with Ryan, and now they write every other week. And that Amazing. was years ago. He said no for a while though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm getting Eric Church cuts. I don't know if I can make this work. But uh, then it happened. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest, I don't forget that. Like, there are people that now are new to town, or maybe they're not at a publishing company, or you know, they're they're on their journey to start. And I want to sit down with them because I know what they're feeling and what they're gonna bring to the table and how hungry they are. So uh, I don't forget that. Um, so for those that are super eager, like, I mean, do you have, do you have any thoughts on what it means to be passionate, to go after what you're going for, but not to be like so eager to the point where it's like too much, you know? Yeah. I mean, you have to be 
like to to let go is what I what I kind of mean. Let at the things same happen time. naturally. Let yeah. them happen don't natural. force them. Not, yeah. yeah. Feel free to introduce yourself to me if I'm out at a show, but don't linger around. Right. You know, just like because that's awkward. Just be like, hey, I'm a big fan of Smack. Good to good to meet you, and walk away. And then the more I see you, the more I'm going to get to know you. Yeah. And you know, if you're we have mutual friends and we're both out, and then all of a sudden we hang out. It's just letting everything happen naturally mm-hmm. is the easiest way. That's how I've developed almost all of my relationships. I've never really reached out to a major A&R person when I first started to go for a cup of coffee to get to know them because they yeah. don't want to go to coffee with me. Right. So it, all my relationships happen naturally. Yeah, I know all my all my internships in my current job happened just from, like, people that I knew. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I ever received... Or went through with an opportunity that was like through email, like I just right, yeah. it just never it ended up always being. Well, like, sometimes eh. no, we just hired Samantha Sarno, and she just cold emailed me oh. to me well, yeah. one time. But at the time, we were actually looking for somebody to possibly work at Smack, so it ended up working out. Everybody's journey's different, you Everybody's know. Everybody's journey's different. But. I mean, I think underline. I know it's easy to say, but being good, yeah, being yeah. good, get too far. I mean, there are writers I still want to write with that I haven't, and all I'm trying to do is be good and mm-hmm. get on their radar, you know what I mean, impress them. I mean, that gets you so far down the road, and Lee's right. You know, nobody wants you bugging them. There's no there's no reason you can't introduce yourself and, you know, hang around, um, let people know what you do, but then there's a point of, like, don't be overbearing about it. Mm-hmm. You've got to your work ethic, and you just being good at whatever it is you do will take care of the rest. Yeah. So you've both been in Nashville for a while. Favorite venues, things to do. What did you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Yeah. (laughs) I live in the woods, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I like to work on my property, you know. Okay. That's valid. I'm I'm such a nerd. I, I love traveling and and you know, I love movies, reading, um, learning. Walks on the beach. <laughs> Walks on the beach. Well, no, I, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna think about this when I'm walking on the beach tomorrow. Um, no, I yeah, I love to learn because yeah. all this stuff seeps into songs, and at the end of the day, we put so many hours and so much energy into music because we are passionate about it. I mean, it's the thing I would want to do I would be working towards if I was doing another job I would be trying to make enough money or find enough time to be able to do music mm-hmm. so for me it's like I'm going to put everything into that has the industry changed a whole lot within the time that you've been in it do you think yeah or? actually I was thinking about that the other day just about how much we put into to digital downloads and stuff when I first started mm-hmm. and that was kind of the indicator as to whether something was going to work or not and now it's all streaming you know, it's just a, right. it's a big difference of how that happens. And you and you see a lot of the when I when I first started the industry, and especially this, on the songwriter side, was very run by older songwriters. They were kind of the, the top dogs. Mm-hmm. The, um, and now it's completely flipped. And now it looks like it feels like younger songwriters that are in their 20s are kind of becoming the forefront of the songwriting class now. And it's kind of neat to see. But. Do you feel like social media has a lot to do with that? I don't know. I think technology absolutely does. Yeah. I don't know about... So- I mean, social media in, in an artist sense, yeah. Um, but it's it's technology. The, the kids that are able to be a producer, play all the instruments, have it all on their computer, and it's not necessarily just being like a track person or a 
anything like that. It's people that can do everything now. Yeah. And that just gives you a leg up in the room. You're like, oh, you need a lyric person? I can do that. Oh, you need a producer? I can do that. Oh, you need a guitar player? I can do that. Right. So there's just, they're more versatile writers now coming to town versus before you'd, and they still have a, um, a role as lyricists and stuff do. I mean, we have a hand for Ryan, I consider a lyricist for the most part, but he can do everything as well. Um, he's got a rig and everything. But yeah, I just think it's versatility. That's why the young people are coming. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed in my time um, a tremendous amount. But uh, I enjoy it. I mean, your attitude is everything. It will continue to change. It has changed. It will, you know, it's the tale as old as time. Like, it can't be the same. It has to progress somewhere, somehow. But your attitude is everything. And the minute you quit learning is the minute you might as well be done with it, you know. So, uh, I, I sort of embrace it. I mean, you know, I definitely have my days where it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. For instance, you said social media, it's great. It's amazing. There are a lot of pros to it, but there's a, there was an emphasis about getting great at what you do as far as a playing, writing, singing that we spent more of our time on than worrying about our social presence, which, you know. It, it's a little wild when you have someone with this amazing sh- social presence and then you get in the room and you realize, oh, no, they're not really that good, but they have got this facade reach. and reach yeah. that that is. So it's wild. It's, you know, I'm still rap- trying to wrap my head around it. There's but- definitely a big experience barrier in between like the, the 22-year-old that has the significant amount of followers on Instagram versus the 32-year-old that's been playing shows for 10 years. You know, it's right. there's a... When you go see them live, there's a massive difference now. There's They're not really on equal footing because this person maybe has played five or six shows their entire life, and this person has played and is a thousand in shows. in-person contact, obviously, more with their networking than... Sure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, somebody like me could 100% learn from somebody, you know, that has got that figured out. So that's why I'm saying embrace it, you know, yeah. roll with it. It's going to change even more in the next five years, maybe faster in your ride. Technology is the big pusher. Mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts? Oh, I don't, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Lee? <laughs> about Yep? About Yep? Yeah. Let's talk about Yep for like a couple more seconds. Well, you know, I was on the founding board. It was all yeah. my idea. Um, oh. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. You were the founding <laughs> board. Yeah. I was on the founding board with Cohen. And uh, it was in his apartment complex. It was like the first meeting. And he's like, um, there's a lot of my friends that can't get jobs. And I want to create an opportunity for people to get jobs. It was actually a pretty bad economy at the time. And a lot of people couldn't get jobs. And, mm-hmm. and if you did get a job, you weren't making very much money. So that's why I had to work at security on the weekend. So <laughs> it was it was honestly, the the city's definitely improved in it. But when we first got here, there was really nothing to do after work and there was nothing to do that connected people. Mm-hmm. So Yep was awesome as, as having these mixers just so we could get to know each other. Because before when the industry had money, there were mixers all the time. There were shows all the time. And now there's something every night. There's Whiskey Jam. There's Why Not Wednesdays. Right. There's Tin Roof Tuesdays. There, And all of that was in large part because of Yep, in my opinion. All that started because of Yep. And, and it's so, within walking distance. Absolutely. So now there's unlimited resources to meet mix mingle do all that stuff this podcast is here because of yep exactly exactly yeah uh, yeah new Full ideas circle. new ideas and conversation are uh very very imperative to uh, progress and i'm all about it i mean network 
I mean, the industry's hard enough to have a network of people you can go to if you first move to town or pick someone's brain or, you know, uh, just meet just meet people that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's amazing. I mean, there's, Find your I, crew. I, I don't even think, yeah, I, I don't even know how many people I've met through just like going to the mixers or the shows. I mean, it's got to be a majority of people I know. It's a great way to find for publishers, you know, yeah. or to find new talent, new songwriters, new artists. It's great. So I'm all for it. Amazing. Well, thanks for, for doing this. Of course. Anytime. Enjoy your trip tomorrow <laughs> and your holidays. Can't you wait. as well. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for joining me for another Yep podcast episode. Check out yepnashville.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Yep Nashville. We have some exciting episodes coming for you in 2019, so don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.